0: the first storyteller, <clears throat> and my ladies and gentlemen, of this set is a very special man. Now, I like to invite him for these nights uh, already as if I'm doing it for a hundred years. It's only the second time. But it doesn't matter. I like to invite him already for the second time because for me he's like a psychologist. Or maybe because he's from India, I would say he's like my guru. He, I go already and I'm like, oh my God, I don't feel it, man. What am I talking about? It's all bullshit. I'm so fake, you know. And then he comes and he says, "Rafa, look at me. Be, just be." And he put his hand on my chest, and I feel like, whoa! All his ancestors are going to explode from my chest. So now he's going to tell you a story. You are very lucky. Will you please welcome Abhishek?
1: So the year is 2008, almost about 10 years back. I was 22, and I was living in the south of India, a a state called uh, Tamil Nadu, a very beautiful place called Pondicherry. I don't know if anybody has been to Pondicherry or, or know about it, and it's it's very close to the beach, and I was I was living there. I just quit my uh, education and I just stormed out and I was just living at the beach and just taking time for myself and and I would I, I had like a moped, so I would drive around. I would sort of, sort of ride around the the beach area and try and find like a secluded place. Just to experience the beach and just to stay with myself, and <clears throat> I landed up in a in a fisherman's beach, uh, which is not very touristy, very secluded, calm, peaceful, and and I had my book and I was just reading a book and uh, and this guy walks up to me and says, "Can I, do you have cigarettes?" So I take out my pocket and I offer him one cigarette. <clears throat> And he started talking and I was just curious to know what is this place and how do you put on the fishing nets and so he started telling me all the stories and and we sort of hit it off, let's say. So next day I went again and I got more cigarettes, I got a couple of beers, and he came again, I offered him a beer, and his cousin joined and so there was this conversations which started to happen. <clears throat> conversations which were very beautiful, very simple, about daily living, about life and uh, struggles and fears and anxieties and projections and dreams and And I was very much intrigued by it, so I kept returning back to this speech over and over again and uh, and getting more and more information, getting more uh, like there was this bond which is growing uh, between like two of us. And I think about one week later, uh, one evening, this guy tells me that uh, you want to see something special. So I was like, OK, uh, go for it. He's like, why don't you come tomorrow morning at 3 AM and uh, we'll, we'll we'll go somewhere. <coughs> so so 2.30 in the morning, I got up. I got ready on my moped. I'm driving through the jungle area, and I land there. and. I park my bike and very curious, a bit nervous also. It's 3 a.m. and uh, I'm in a far away place. And I land at the beach. And this guy is, along with his cousin and one of his uncles, is preparing his fishing boat. Now It's a very tiny little boat uh, which has like a Yama engine uh, there. And, and they're preparing on the nets and doing their routine stuff. And this guy uh, says, uh, jump in. So I jumped in. (coughs) And we started to go into the waters. It's about 4 o'clock in the morning. And we're slowly starting to sort of leave, let's say, the shores. Uh, I look behind. I can see very dim lights of the cityscape they fading away. They almost like look like stars now. They're very minute and tiny, and it was too noisy because the engine was too loud. And and uh, as we were going in, uh, I was taken aback by the magnitude of the water surrounding me. I was taken aback by just this vast horizon, which I couldn't get a grasp of where it started, where it ended. So I, but I, I was my. Breathing was like getting higher up. I was getting uh, anxiety and, and a lot of thoughts and fears started coming. It came to a point where after half an hour, we, we the, the, the boat stopped and we turned off the engine. And then there was silence. And that silence was not like a empty silence. It was filled with... Uh, with, with awe and, and fear, and, and that was the moment I felt I was in the fucking ocean. <laughs> I was in the ocean of the oceans. And one year before, there was a tsunami which had hit this particular ocean, and, and I was in the middle of it. I felt like this tiny little speck of a particle. And around me, it was just black. It was just dark. And uh, and I don't swim.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the last time I tried to swim, I almost uh, almost uh, got swamped in in five feet, and I'm much more than and two people had to come and rescue me out. <laughs> to be honest, and 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 my breathing was like was just out of control, and I was breathing very heavily, and and one by one deep. So we were four people in the boat. So one guy jumped in, the second guy jumped in, and they were swimming and singing songs and putting their fishing nets, very comfortable. It felt like that's their field to play, you know? And then this guy looks at at me and says, jump. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to jump. And he's like, "Uh, we have a rule which says, either everyone stays on the boat or no one stays in the boat. I was like, how the fuck do you make these rules? He's like, uh, <laughs> there have been cases where people have, uh, you know, one person has stayed in the boat and he's left with the boat and sort of <laughs> gone away. I was like, I'm not that guy. Trust me on this. I don't know even how to ride a boat or anything. Uh, so he's like, you don't have to jump in, but you just step into the water and hold the boat. So I was like, okay. So I put my first feet into the water. I touched the water. It was freezing. And I I was shivering. But I had to. I had no choice. So I, I put my both feet in the water. And I was holding to the boat very tightly. And as if, uh, you, you know, that's the only mode of survival. And that was the only sort of my only... Uh, Holding point or my only truth, which I knew, that this will keep me alive somehow. And obviously, you know, you see movies, then you see sharks. And and then you have these (laughs) images in the head. So so I was in the water, and just, I don't know whether I felt it or not, but I did feel a lot of... um, a sense of uh, something growing underneath my feet. <laughs> but I wasn't sure what exactly it was, and, and I was like, okay, so if I die, I'm just gonna die, like, there's no choice. This might be the only moment. And obviously, the thoughts started to flash, and should I call my parents? <laughs> I don't have my phone. They have no fucking clue where I am. Should I call my girlfriend? It's like, I'd, and luckily, I was so stupid that I didn't tell anyone where I'm going. And I didn't know this, these guys for only less than a week, per se. And, uh, and these fishermen started to sing some songs and, and songs and started to make very distinct sounds. And then uh, a bit far away, around uh, 15 meters or so, I saw two figures appearing from the water and just going down. I was like, "What is that? What's that?" What's that?" Um, it says, uh, "Do you want to see it?" And, and this is 4:35 to quarter to five. So far away, I can still see uh, the darkness, but then from the darkness, there's a hint of, or a hint of the pink or the lightest blue, as if the dawn was surprising. Sort of so so I, you could see some silhouettes. And in that moment, I said, yes, I want to see. So uh, he came up to me and he started to make that very specific sound. And, and then these two sort of figures came close. And then he took one of the fish and he, and he uh, threw it up in the air. And those two things appeared again and they grabbed the fish and they went down. And I saw, I was not sure if I saw dolphins. Uh, so I asked him, Are these dolphins? So he looked at me and smiled and uh, he said, Do you want to touch them? So I was like, Holy shit, I really want to touch them. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave me a, gave me a fish and, and uh, he made that sound and he said, uh, Don't throw it, just stay and keep the, the fish very close to you. And they'll just come and eat. And one of them came and almost like very gently took it away from my hand, and I touched the dolphin, um, and I never never experienced anything uh, like this. And and this was one image which sort of stayed with me throughout for the next uh, ten years. And I think there was this moment of realization of of. Uh, of confronting this magnitude of water which i've always been afraid of which i still am afraid of i still can't swim uh, but there was a, this sense of release of calming down and uh, just to just to feel that you are just this tiny little speck into this world and of this vast ocean and that was a very very beautiful feeling and i came back and we uh, got back into the the boat and we, we came back and it was, uh, I think I just spent the entire day in just silence. and uh, I still have very strong, vivid images of that particular day, so I keep drawing and redrawing. I have like <coughs> around 50 of these drawings which I just keep drawing of, uh, of this particular memory because I don't want it to fade away. Thank you.
0: You. Wow, what a, what a vision, it's like a vision, it's like, that's a beautiful thing about storytelling, it can be so many different things. By the way, I have to say, I know it's not politically correct, but you know, king being naked and all. When you were talking about that moment, where are you Abhishek? Here. Yeah, when you're talking about that moment like that, you were there in the water and you felt something, something coming from down. Well, I've been to Varanasi, my friend, and I saw all the bodies being thrown to the rivers. (laughs) But anyway, that's a little... What, what? Maybe possible. Maybe possible. No, no. But dolphins is much more... Fantastic story, my friend. Thank you so much.